Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, and apologies for not getting a podcast out here sooner, but uh, Joey and I have been busy. Derek Piper has had a bachelor party, went down to what he called baseball heaven. Uh, I called him out, you Cardinals fans, thank highly of yourselves, which I know you have a reason to do. It's a great ballpark. You have a great franchise, uh, but hopefully he had a great time. Uh, but Joey and I and Ryan Easterling, we we're plugging away uh, with all these football visitors, and we're going to chat a lot about that. Uh, on this podcast today. We'll chat about basketball, about that still open third assistant spot as it continues. It's almost like Brad's messing with us at this point that this continues to drag on into mid-June. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some of the visitors basketball has had over the last couple of weeks. But Joey, it has been a busy time for us despite being uh, June, which is usually a kind of slower month when it comes to the college sports world, but certainly not this June, certainly not with the great recruiting reopening that's happened. Kids are coming back to campus. What's been uh, your big impression so far with football hosting all these visitors, basketball getting kids back on campus? What have you taken away from it? I want to quickly circle back to the weekend. Derek Piper got a weekend away and no news broke, which literally... Almost never happens. Good for Derek. I hope he had a great time. I'm sure it was. It is baseball heaven, by the way, in St. Louis. Um, the big takeaway, man. I don't know. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's pretty good. They just have bad boys. I love to see Pittsburgh. And I know when uh, we were in San Francisco, you and Trotter saw the, uh, I don't even know what it's called. It used to be at and It's not Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, it's AT&T to me. Um, but the, the Do you have fond memories of the AT&T Corporation compared to Oracle? Is there one reason you like that multi-million dollar corporation more than the other? Uh, like when I started learning these baseball parks, it was AT&T. And I just don't have the mental capacity to start dumping old names and learning new ones. So I just, All right, Cardinals fan. Have you ever been to Wrigley? I have a few times. We... We did the bleachers. We did, I think, underneath before. We did the rooftop, which was just a true delight. Um, in the middle of the day, there's nothing better than all you can consume uh, food and beverage at, at noon. But yeah, look, that is a version of that is a version of baseball heaven, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, we did it, and it was a little cold, and you're up there on the rooftops, and it was fun. I mean, I'm not gonna say like. You know, I, I know there's fans who like look at the other stadium and are like, yuck. Like, no, that's not me. Like, it's awesome at Wrigley. It is really cool. Uh, U.S. Cellular w- was my first. Hey, guaranteed uh, rate. Get your corporations right, man. You got to get your leasing right. Dude, it was called The Cell. And it was just great. That's great. What a, what an awesome name. The, the heck with this new crap. <laughs> Football, right? We're, we're, we're recruiting. It's just cool, man. It's been 15 months since kids. And I I was talking with somebody yesterday, Jeremy, and it's hard to like one. I'm excited that these kids get a chance to see this. I I mean, this is such a big decision. Like it's important for them to get there and to shake a hand or to see somebody in the eyes. And I went back. I probably shouldn't have. But my line of thinking was like, man, those 21 kids. Wow. Like th- that is really difficult. And I, I hope for any number of reasons um, they don't have to go through that uh, recruiting class. So they have to go through that again, both macro and micro here, but it, it's just, it's hard, man. It, it's hard to imagine making that decision without being there. And I know it's a grind for the coaches and for the kids, my goodness, they're on an airplane every freaking weekend for, for the month of June or, or in a car or whatever it might be. But this is what it is. I mean, this is, we see the Saturdays, right? The 12 Saturdays or, or whatever it comes. But it really, it ultimately gets parsed down to this and building these relationships. It's just good to see it happening again. You could almost make the analogy of these kids in the 2021 class, which by the way, 
Prince Green, I think, was the first of the guys, or, or it would have been Samari Collier, but Prince Green, say, committed, right? Samari had visited campus. Mm-hmm. Prince Green committed a year ago, a year, 13 months ago, right, to Illinois. He got to campus after Malachi Hood got to campus, right? He got to campus after, like, he had not set on foot on campus before some of these 2022 kids did for their official visits. Um, it was just crazy, crazy to think about. And now they, of course, have a different coaching staff and all of that, which makes it even crazier of what the last year has been. But yes, it, it is, it's almost like they were shopping for a car online, right? Like they, they had to do it all online. They talked to their dealer online and they had to trust that person across the screen or, or kind of figure things out through that way while these guys go get to take the test drive. Like the 2022 kids, I was concerned about them for evaluation opportunities. At least they're finally getting those now, right? Like at least it's later in the process, but they're getting those evaluation opportunities. Uh, They're getting offers maybe a little bit later than the class of 2021, which was able to, after their junior year, go to some of these camps, get offers, kind of uh, go through that a little bit. But um, these guys, you know, 2021, we're we're shopping online, at least now um, these 2022 kids are able to see it in person. I think there's just an element that you can't do on Zoom. Like you and I can get our personality across on Zoom. I think these coaches obviously have and and done well with it through Zoom and they've been creative with it all. And and I think some of those things will translate uh, into the future. I mean, Zoom recruiting, you're going to keep that a part of it because why not? It's a great tool. We and I use it now, even though we don't have to, um, because it, it is something we learned during this pandemic. But God dang, man. Like I went to a White Sox game. Derek Piper went to a Cardinals game. Now we're finally seeing these visits. I'm going to go to a camp uh, up in Naperville this weekend to cover college football or college football recruiting camp. And it's like, we are slowly getting back to normal. Like, because, you know, the vaccines are here, like the numbers are going down. We're finally getting back to normal and we're seeing it in recruiting. We're going to see it in the stands in August. Um, we're going to see it this next week when we talk to Josh Whitman at a round table in person, uh, training camp. We'll see if Brett Bielma has training camp open, but I'm sure we're going to have some in-person interviews. Like, so slowly, but surely we're getting there. And for these recruits, it's monstrous just to have that, that in person. And, and Joey, so far, it seems like it's one weekend. It's the honeymoon period. They have one commitment, Malachi hood, uh, through it, but it seems like they did pretty well, uh, during the last week. Yeah, and I think, Jeremy, we've talked outside of the program. We're not talking coaches or staffers or whoever. We've talked to 10, you know, 10, 12 people from the weekend who are involved, whether it be parents or recruits or whatever the case may be. And this isn't a case of like, yeah, the commits and their parents are really selling this up. Like, hey, this was good. This was good. This is true. I mean, we, we've talked to players who weren't committed, parents of players who weren't committed. And, and I'm not saying they told us like, hey, we're here, we're, we're committing. That, that's not what we're saying. But we're saying is the theme that we've heard across the board hasn't changed. And it, they knocked it out of the park. And, and it is the first one. But eventually, like, this is the honeymoon. Eventually, we're going to have to take enough body of work and collect enough data and say, this is just what it is, right? Like, this is just a well-executed plan that was thought out and the coaching staff nailed. And we'll see what that turns into, right? This has just been the one commitment so far, but I don't think you and I walked into, you know, our plans for June, like, okay, how are we going to do this and think, all right, the Monday after the first one, get ready to get on the phones because they're going to be X, Y, and Z commits. I don't think we thought that at all. I'm sure the coaching staff didn't think that you hope it, obviously you hope it, right? But it's been 15 months, man. These kids want to take visits. Jeremy, if I were a recruit, I would take every last stinking visit. You want to fly me around to, to go to a college and, and be wooed and have backpacks for 48 hours? Yeah, man, sign me up. But what Illinois, we think, did, especially for the uncommitted kids, is set the bar. Like, this is what this part of the good thing of being the first one, right? Especially for kids who have never done this before. Like they just haven't, no, these kids haven't taken official. So to have that, that baseline, and you can make a similar argument for being the last one, right? Or the middle one, you could find a way to spend this any way you wanted. But right now we're looking at the first one and the first one went well when it was thought out and it was authentic. And to what you said when our conversation about Zoom earlier, people I've talked to said it translated. This wasn't like, 
okay, yeah, they had all this good stuff on Zoom. And, and then in real life, it was kind of awkward or not, not even tense, or just, you know, wasn't quite the same. No, it, it translated well. And again, we'll see how it all plays out. But for the first one, like for us covering this, we're trying to understand how this works too with a new coaching staff and what their goals are. So interesting weekend. I think it went well for them. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've done this job for a while now. Like you're not going to get many recruits or parents on the record to sit there and go, man, the visit sucked. Like, so, I mean, most of these quotes, and again, these kids have not gone on any other visits. And even Aiden Lafferty told me, you know, it blew him away. It was way better than he expected, but even he admitted, of course, that was my first visit. Maybe they're all like this, but he did say it set a high bar uh, for the rest of, of these visits. And, you know, I talked with, with Sink Turner, who's the Chicago Kenwood coach, and he has no reason to blow smoke up my butt about what he thought. And he's been on a lot of these recruiting visits. And he said, Illinois, you know, the plan they had, the way they talked to these kids, uh, the way they, you know, interacted with them uh, was, was as good as he's seen. And he said, they do it as well as anybody in the country. And, and maybe he's just trying to give them a little bit of a, a boost, but he doesn't have to do that. And, and he did. And I talked with another coach who was on that trip and, you know, wasn't on the record, but he said many similar things. And I, I think you're hearing that from them. You're hearing that from parents. I know you've talked with a lot of the parents who were here this weekend, Joey, and they felt like they knew them. And, and recruiting, no matter where you're at, SEC, whatever, obviously, if you're Ohio State or Alabama, you got a better chance of landing recruits because you're so successful. But Nick Saban is great at developing relationships, right? And his staff is great at developing relationships. And then they develop those elite prospects and NFL players, and it all takes care of itself, right? But if you're a school like Illinois, you have to develop relationships. And they did what they had to do, I think, this weekend to put themselves near the top of the list of most of these kids uh, who visit because they were able to connect. And whether it's, you know, a, a recruit saying, hey, I got out of the car and they knew all of my family members' names or Aiden Lafferty telling me, you know, my dad just had knee surgery and every person was asking, what can we do for you? Do you need to sit down, elevate? Like just those kind of things. And, you know, you kept hearing from prospects. Like I felt like I could talk to all those guys. And it wasn't awkward. Uh, Patrick Kudis told me um, it, it didn't feel forced. It just felt natural being with those guys. So obviously then you had to overcome the football cell, which – Brett Bielma's got some credibility on that angle. You have the honeymoon period right now where you're selling hope and that they can be a part of this. You do have to overcome that you haven't won on the field, but that's why the relationship, the personality part of it, the sale of it, and then just what they do on the visit, right? And, and I think they set these visits up really well to where they went through this, they sold the football part of it, but when they have that hashtag family, which at times can seem really, you know, contrived or it can seem, you know, like kind of cliche, all these things. You hear that from Lovey Smith staff, you hear from other staffs, that family, 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 but everyone said that's real. Like that, that's a real thing. So they're able to sell that um, based on what these prospects have told us. So uh, first impressions in person, they seem to go pretty well this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have a story coming on this, but I'll, I'll share just two small stories that came from some of my interviews. Mike Oakla, Joey Oakla's dad, first committed the class. And, and you know, I don't really know how much of a pitch they needed, right? The kid was already committed. Um, but he said, you know, I wanted to see how, how the interaction, how did the players interact with one another? How did the coaches interact? And we've heard from, from people who said, we want to see how the coaches interact with the other coaches. And, and it's kind of a thing that I didn't think a lot about, but I get it, right? I mean, it you know, if, if everyone's head is one way and the coaches aren't talking to the, you know, on the other side out of you, that, that matters if someone catches that. That didn't seem to be the case, but he said, boy, where was I even going? I don't even well, remember. Let, let, me, let me chime in there because I, I'm not one to try and rag on Lovey Smith, right, sure. in, in that staff. Um, the, obviously, Lovey did not adapt to the high school recruiting part of it well enough, and I don't think he personally um, – was invested enough in a lot of these recruitments. Brett Bielma is. Brett Bielma is talking to these kids all the time. But the other thing is, is this staff all seems on the same page. Like they, they are, we've talked about the thing that stands out most to me to, to Brett Bielma is that there's a plan, it is organized and it is communicated and everybody's on board and boy, they go and they go. 
And that's really important to have everybody on the same page. I can tell you that was not always the case with Lovey Smith. Uh, his staff had some guys that got along really well. I thought their best recruiting uh, came when it was Corey Patterson, Thad Ward, and Austin Clark on the road in St. Louis together. Rod Smith was with them at times. Like that group was really, really good. I thought even Kanoto and Corey together uh, was really, really good. Like when those guys got on the same page and then Lovey was active with it, like Johnny Newton, Seth Coleman, they won those recruitments. Keith Randolph, because I think they were all together on that. The best recruiters were together, they were on the same page. And then Lovey came in and closed. Like that feels like what every recruitment right now, for the most part, uh, is with Brett Bielma. Obviously, the assistants are going to be more in tune with an individual recruitment for the most part, but it's all communicated all through, you know, the recruiting staff and into Brett Bielma. It all seems like that, man, they are on the same page. So that I, I think Brett deserves a lot of credit for that. Pat Embleton, Nate McNeil, and all the assistants for just being like, hey, this is this is all of us succeed, man. Like it's not me winning this recruitment. It's, it's all of us. And then if we win, everybody's going to benefit from that in the long run. So Mike Oakley said he wanted to see if it's, I think it was Mike. I have to double check my notes. Somebody said, I want to see if it's sustained all weekend, right? Like you get out of the car and rah, 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 and you're, you're, you're the bells and the whistles are out and, and everyone's pumped. And that's Friday afternoon. And then by Sunday morning, right before you're, is it still there? Is it still that same authenticity? He said, we got that. And and Jennifer Whiteneck, Hunter's mom, another offensive line, she's uh, commit. She said, and this is the thing that I, I think Brett really has grown into. And I know Jeremy, you and I have talked to him about his own personal life and how that all, you know, having kids has impacted him on the trail. And she said, I feel like I can call any one of those coaches. At any time, if something, if there's an emergency and Hunter's there, and I'm in Indiana and it's it's a drive, I can call Ben Miller, the special teams coach. I can call defensive coach and feel like he's okay. And for a parent to to feel that, that that's obviously been communicated well from the coaching aspect. It's something that I didn't think about, Jim. I don't have any kids. I did not think about that element of it, but that matters and. You know, a lot of that's their personalities and they all have families. And she said, I've never met like coaches, kids or wives before. Like that, that's just not something I've done. And she said they were all up playing putt-putt on the roof. So it's, it's just the little things that like for me and you, our job is like, okay, let's call the recruit. Like that, that's like priority one. And then as we branch out more and time has passed, we take different angles. But I didn't think about some of that stuff because I'm 30 and I don't have to think about some of that stuff because I don't have kids. But it's just all of those intricate details. And like you said, it's, they're all on the same page. And that is important for them as they try to sell. Like, you got to be on the same page if you don't have wins to sell. Now, right now, Brett doesn't have losses to sell either. But you don't have wins. And it's, it's a lot harder to sell stuff without that. So we'll see what it all turns out. This is yeah. the first. Like, that's what I keep thinking. Like, oh, my gosh, there's three more weekends of this. And it won't be the the, mag the size, like, in sheer numbers. But. A lot, of, a lot of ball games left, man. No, and I think they, they organized this week pretty well. They have eight commitments uh, on campus at the same time to help sell their biggest priorities, right? So if we go through some of these, uh, we haven't been able to talk with Jared Beatty yet. Ian Pugh doesn't want to talk until the end of the month until he makes his decision. Cincinnati, Iowa for the three-star wide receiver. Uh, we were able to catch up a little bit. I caught up with Aaron Hayden, Down Hayden's dad. I know Steve Wolfong just messaged me. He caught up with Down Hayden personally. So we'll see what Down has to say about that. But, you know, the family loves Brett Bielema because Chase has obviously played for Brett at two different schools now. Uh, so they have a lot of comfort. And uh, Aaron told me his wife was like, the number two recruiter there this weekend. So uh, look into that what you will. Dallin's got Ohio State and Notre Dame visits coming up. Uh, Cody Jones and Michigan commit. The fact that he was even here, I think was a, was a pretty big win for Illinois. Sean Miller, I know you caught up with his mother and uh, Ryan caught up with Sean himself. And, and Illinois seems to be doing pretty well there and among his top options. Patrick Kudis told me, uh, the offensive lineman out of Memphis, Christian Brothers, Dallin's teammate, that Illinois set a high bar, man. Like he's going to take his visits, but like Illinois sounds like it's among his top options and the other schools are going to have to live up to that. And, and Aiden Laffrey, who to be honest with you, is always pretty close to the vest about his recruitment um, was pretty, pretty honest with me and, and pretty, 
you know, enthralled with what Illinois showed him. So I think, you know, Iowa uh, is a big time competitor for Illinois and they got a great sell and they're going to be able to make their sell uh, last in this month with official visit. He's going out to Washington state, which was the first team to offer him. So, uh, but it seems like, you know, Illinois might've given itself an advantage going into those. Now they have to hold that. And that's the hard part about having the first visits, right? Can you hold on to that momentum and get these commitments later this month or early next month? Can you hold on to that momentum despite visits elsewhere, despite kind of coming down from this weekend? And that's what it's all about. I think it was smart for this staff to get the visits first because they are probably catching up with a lot of these guys, right? Or with a lot of recruits and to make the first statement and to make it a strong one, like they did, I think was great for them, but now they have to hold on to that. And um, that's up to them to continue to recruit these guys, but it's also up to them to have made a stronger pitch and a stronger connection while they're on campus. But you're right, Joe, I mean, they got nine commitments now with Malachi Hood and we'll chat about him here in a second. Um, But the average star rating, it's not crazy, right? It's, It's the lowest in the big 10. And these are all gettable prospects. I think that they've gotten so far, knowing that's like, Oh my gosh, like Dallin Hayden would be a huge statement. Um, Austin Brown out of Johnson city would be a huge statement win in the state. Some of these other guys that we're talking about, Pew, Beatty, Laffrey would be big wins. Um, but it's not like they've changed the game yet, uh, with who they're landing, who they can sign. But if in a couple of weeks you're sitting here, with Kudis, Miller, Laffrey, Pugh, Beatty on board, or you can close on several of those guys, I think you're starting to see that it might be a new day in recruiting and and one where they can get ahead of everything and not be adding guys uh, so late in the process and then kind of swing for the fences maybe later in the process. Yeah, a lot of what we're seeing here, Jeremy, is how their process works and their approach. Now, like you said, the average star rating isn't isn't high, right? As you said, it's lowest in the Big Ten, but to spin it the other way a little bit, you're seeing that like, this is what we're going to do. And we did it right. Like we want Joey Oakliffe. That's our guy, full steam ahead, get the commitment, move ahead. We want Hank Beatty. That's our guy, full steam ahead, commitment, move ahead. And, and just, I mean, you can see a lot of, I mean, they didn't have to be, I mean, they beat out Iowa state for Hank Beatty. I mean, that, that was their main competition here. But you're seeing the, the foundation of, of how this works, the process of it. And, and then we'll see if they can do that with, with the big fish. But th- there, is, there are still chances for Brett and his coaching staff to really kind of go to Big Ten Media Day here in July, look around and say, hey, we're- That's what this is about, right? Like, I, I think the original thing, I like that they said Jordan Anderson – like, I don't know what other people don't see, but we're going to go for you. We're going to offer you and we're going to get you now. And I think that was really, really smart. Malachi Hood, who just committed, right? Didn't have any offers, wasn't rated on any of these sites. Now we have him as a three-star prospect, which some people complain. I think legitimately that everybody gets a three-star rating that's committed to a power five school. Like I would change that. I think we need more two stars. I think we need more four stars. Um, but like they went out, saw him, got him on campus right away because they liked him. But then they want to see him, they evaluate him, and they offer and they push. They don't wait, right? And it's a good thing because Northwestern wanted to get him on campus. Tennessee wanted to get him on campus. And I think the same thing would have happened with Jordan Anderson. If they waited to offer, they kind of slow played to see like, well, let's see if we can get Dallin Hayden or Aiden Laffrey first. No, they went and got Jordan Anderson and said, you're a different piece than those guys. We want you on our football team. Let's go get you. And, and whether – you love the evaluation of Donovan Leary or Henry Boyer, Clayton Leonard or not. Like they do, they love those guys. So they said, let's go get them. Let's get them on board and let's fill that spot. Let's get, you know, develop those guys like I did at Wisconsin, like I did uh, at Arkansas. So I, I, I like that. I like that they're confident in themselves. They go out and get it four or five years from now. We can grade the class, but it also puts them as a position where they're not racing to fill spots, right? They, they, in a 20 member class, they already got nine of those guys. They can swing now. And, and now they can prove whether they can win those power five battles. And they had eight of those guys committed on campus. They had eight more recruiters with them on campus over the weekend. That's a big deal. And, and eight recruiters who were vocal about being recruiters, right? Like this, the, the members of the 22 class weren't like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're here, but you know, we're feeling, no, like they're, they were selling 
this program and and that matters too let's talk about malachi hood because i think it's a fascinating story like seriously i'm not just trying to, to carry water here think about i'll tell you jeremy and we, we've talked about this when i see like when brett said like yeah we can work out kids the ncaa is letting us do that i thought okay well that that to me i'm like and eh, this, this doesn't really move the needle for me like yeah you can work them out but then what like if you got to work them out, what, what really are you getting? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe my own misunderstanding of the whole situation. Huge but part they, of the process. They, they like the biggest thing is they want to get in person measurements, uh, speeds, times, and then they want to see how those guys move. Cause you can be 6'2, 210, like Malachi Hood, and be stiff. Right. And not be able to be a fluid mover. So they want to see those things. Even if he ran like a four, six, which he does, he runs like a four, six, nine, four, seven. Um, they want to see how fluid he is. So to get their own eyes on them, it's still a huge part of what they want to do. Yeah. I, I guess I just didn't know what the immediate, like, I understood the importance of, I just didn't know what the immediate like results were going to be. Right. Like it, it just didn't click with me. So he comes in. He gets an offer that day. I thought it was smart of them to say, come back in three days for an official visit, by the way, with, with your friends here. I mean, I, I thought that was a good play. And then they get a commitment. And I just, like, this staff doesn't seem to get worried about some of the stuff that we or fans, I wouldn't say worry, but, but zone in, like three-star this or that. It's like, hey, this is a path that we can get an eye on a person and get them on campus to work them out. We like it and let's rock with it. I just thought that was a really interesting dynamic with him. And we've seen, you know, uh, Jaleel is a Martin from, from Kenwood, right? He comes in, works out, gets a, uh, gets an offer. And now a lot of people are offering him. And there, there are important, you know, these are important uh, steps, these, these in-person evaluations. I just guess it just took me personally a little longer to wrap my mind around yeah. all that we go into it and the timeline of it. Well, when I heard this, because it's a one-year rule, Right. Um, but I asked somebody, can you see this, the NCAA allowing these one day evaluations? Because usually these happen during the spring. Like these guys, these coaches can go to a high school. They can't coach these guys through a workout, but they can have the high school coach take them through a workout, right? And they can evaluate it. Um, that's where they see these guys. That's where they get these. And that's why a lot of offers usually go out in the spring. So the NCAA smartly allowed those guys to come on campus, go through the protocols of COVID and all that. So make sure everyone's healthy with it and then go through a workout. Um, I thought that was really smart, but I asked somebody, do you think they'll do this in the future? Cause I think there's a lot to be gained from it. Um, so I, I, I think it was great. Like I thought Illinois, to be honest with you, might have more of these. Like I, I thought there could be 20 of these, but maybe we're so far along in the process that June's too late for that. But like I could see if, if they could do that in, in the spring and, and bring these guys to campus, like there's a there's a ton of value uh, in, in doing that. And then they didn't offer some kids. Matthew Bailey, a kid out of Moline, uh, I guess didn't have a great day, was a little bit nicked up. And, you know, they didn't offer, but they they built a relationship with him. Uh, Christopher Jackson, a three star linebacker at Ohio camp. I think it was either Malachi or Christopher Jackson. And, uh, you know, they went with Malachi, the in-state kid. And, you know, Christopher Jackson didn't leave with an offer. He's got, he's got a couple of power five offers, so he'll be fine. But I, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity uh, for some of those guys. And I, I wouldn't mind if they did something like that in the future, um, though it just adds to the calendar of, of more evaluation. But, no, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see then what happens with the camps coming up. They got camps on campus, you know, 16th, 23rd, and the 27th. And I told you, Joey, some of these on-campus camps, like I think 10 years ago, when like CJ Fedorowicz and there's a bunch of like four star recruits coming down for these camps. That's really usually not the case anymore. There might be some FCS guys who come in or, or Mac level guys that could earn an offer. Usually it's like lower level classes, like juniors or sophomores uh, that like to come to these camps, get kind of evaluated and, and get exposed that way. Um, but the, the, they've kind of lessened in importance uh, a little bit here because the mega camps are big the shoe company camps are huge, whether it's Adidas or Nike. That's where you go up against the elite of the elite, right? And and you get to show yourselves and all of these college or all these college coaches get this information from all these shoe companies. And um, so th those camps, I'm not expecting a ton. I'm not expecting a ton of top prospects to come to those. So just to set expectations for some people, but it'd be interesting to see how, how those happen because usually Malachi Hood would have been like one of the main guys I look for at a camp like that because that's where the coaching staff gets gets a further evaluation of him. Like Antoine Walker was a couple of years ago was 
a Lovey Smith recruit who they offered after one of those camps. He ended up going to NIU and actually playing pretty well there. Um, but uh, like those are usually the kind of guys like Malachi Hood or Christopher Jackson that I look for at those camps. Yeah, I'm really interested just to see what at least the first one, right? Because it, it is pretty quickly in, in the calendar. Uh, it is on a Tuesday, which is not going up more or less. I mean, I know there's, especially with such a condensed calendar and, and you know, four weekends and kids get five officials. You, there are some random in-state or, you know, midweek officials, but probably not going to be a lot of competition in, in terms of getting about that caliber. So I'm curious what the first one looks like. And, and that'll really kind of solidify some of the expectations I think that you and I have going into it. Uh, so it's, but it's a chance, man. And, and I think there's a chance also with this, especially the first one, again, with just with the constraints is build a little in-state, it's local, build a little local love, right? You know, get a kid on campus, an in-state kid, be it from, you know, wherever, an hour away, two hours away, and get a chance to, to talk and, hey, we talked to you on the phone, great to meet you, blah, blah, blah. That, that type of ordeal can help kind of lay, and remember, like, I think this staff has come quite a long way since uh, Brett was hired in December, but this is still early and there are still a lot of foundational pieces and, and there are probably still coaches who think like, okay, we still need to see some more. This is a good chance for that. And I, I know that's not the point of this and we'll see what it all looks like, but it, that, I think that's another layer to look at with, with some of these. It's, it's just going to be really interesting to see the, for the quality and, and about the age group of kids that are going to start rolling into this. I think maybe my biggest takeaway from all of this as we wrap up a 30 minute conversation about this football recruiting so far is that when they hired this staff when Brett Bielema put a bow on this staff by hiring George McDonald and Kevin Kane, like I thought those were two really impressive hires as non-coordinators. Like those guys were qualified now, maybe they weren't as qualified as others at this job, but those guys were qualified to be coordinators at a power five level. And they got them as assistant coaches. Now they got bigger titles. They got good salaries, all that. But when he hired that staff, I said, I keep saying this. I'm, I know people have heard me say this. That staff looks like a staff that Iowa could have or that Michigan could have. And, and I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. Like it feels like that's the kind of staff that you could see at Iowa or Michigan and they'd be happy with. And I totally believe that. I believe that more so now. Like I, I think based on the feedback I've gotten from people, whether it's coaches, parents, recruits, or even people inside the program, I think the staff is legit. Like I, I think this is the best crew of people that has been put together at Illinois since probably Ron Zook in 06, 07, when he had, you know, a bunch of future, you know, even 2010, 2011, when Jeff Brom is on that staff. And no matter what you think of Paul Petrino and Vic Coding, like those guys were decent at their jobs. Like that was a really strong staff. Chip Long was on that staff and he, he was one of the top off, offense coordinators in the, in the country there for a little bit. So um, it's been a while since I think you've put together that kind of staff. And I think they have that. And I think that can translate to recruiting. And I think the next month or two will tell us, you know, how much the kids buy into that and how much these legit power five prospects, like no doubt, I should say, I'm not saying legit, but power, no doubt power five prospects with a bunch of power five offers, uh, how much they buy into them. Yeah, and I'll say it's also and it's pretty clear to us and just in the players we've talked to, the current members of the team, that they've bought in. I mean, this isn't this is June now. The season's coming pretty quick. They've bought in, and that was solidified to me when when parents said there was a player panel, like Brett and, and the coaches were out out of the room, and there was a player panel, and this wasn't you know that's a chance for players, especially upperclassmen who just have one year left, and it's like yeah, they they could really say whatever in the world they wanted to say, doesn't matter, they're gone in a year. And, and they backed up everything, right? Like they, they backed it up. And again, honeymoon phase, I get all of that. And you can see the proof in the pudding. Like, I am shocked there is no transfers. Like, uh, like, a month ago, like, some some people were talking to me, like, yeah, probably going to be some transfers at the bottom of the roster. It didn't happen. Like, guys who are the 19th offensive linemen haven't transferred. Like, that is that is shocking to me. And they lost just the 121 kid, uh, yeah. Chevy Brinson, but they've not – it's crazy. Like, look, there's still a little time left, but relatively speaking, like the the door, I would say the transfer door closes July 1st because I wouldn't understand why you would wait until July 1st to transfer. Well, to I, think I, I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm going to have to look it up. But, like, the one year 
is July 1st. Yeah. yeah. And then it gets moved up, you know, when this is more of a normal thing, it gets moved up, I think, to June. But like, there's no reason to transfer July 2nd to have this voluntarily sit out. Um, So there's still a little time, but not, I mean, they're back on campus. Like players are, are funneling back into campus if they're not already all back. And I think they are. And nothing like that's, I, I don't know uh, how many, and again, there's still a couple of weeks left. How many coaching searches and changes result in like none, like zero. I, I, I like Lance Leipold and Kansas isn't a very strong program. They've had transfers, like some key transfers out of that program and Bielma didn't. And everyone I talked to said there would have been obviously more transfers if Lovey would have stayed, which is, um, I, I think, a big credit to Brett and, and the staff that he's put together and, and the credibility he has. Um, but it, it's it's just amazing. It, it is amazing. So it, it's not just players who are like, hey, the coaches could have said, say nice things. Um, it's none of them have transferred. I think that speaks for itself that they are bought in to them. So they, they almost I, you know, I almost want to even myself out with throwing bouquets here. Like you, they still have to win power five recruitments, right? They, and they have to win power five football games too, by the way, like, <laughs> yeah. this stuff all has to happen. There's still so much left ahead and, and things where in a month, Jeremy, we could be talking to be like, well, that wasn't as good as we thought it was a month ago. Yeah. Right? Like it, that all exists on the table. But I doubt that's going to happen. Like I, I just based on what we've heard so far, I think the first impressions they made were so strong that they're going to land several of the kids we talked about. And I will say, I guess there had been one transfer in, in the case of Casey Washington. Yes. Uh, but but I, we, I should also say like, Owen Carney was in the transfer portal, dude. Like he, and we talked on this podcast. I, I think, like, yeah, I think we met more spring. Kenyon Sims sure. transferred. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since spring ball, I mean, just to, but Owen was in there. We talked in this podcast when Adam Miller transferred and we're like, yeah, he could come back. And we thought, yeah, usually if you're there, you're not going but they did. They, they got him back. And it wasn't for a lack of interest in Owen Carney, by the way. Like, he had interest, and he should have interest. So well, I heard it was almost done to Wake Forest. So, yeah. like, so like, again, this is very honeymoon still. I, this this honeymoon phase is ultimately going to end. It's going to go probably until August 28th, right? And, and we'll see what the heck happens against Nebraska and, and they're on. But you, you, can't, you can't win games right now because there are no games. But you can win in a lot of different ways and show that maybe you're not winning every recruitment. They, they didn't win the Deuce McGuire recruitment. They, he went to Northwestern. That happened. But you can win in understand, helping people understand and showing the process and the plan. And I think that is something Brett has done. And ultimately, again, in a year from now, if they go 2-10 and 10 or whatever in the heck it is, I don't think a lot of people are going to care if Brett won the process and the plan, you know, in May of 2021, but you've got to get some momentum. And that is where this program is right now is there is some momentum. Will that all pay off? No, they're not going to win every single recruitment they're involved in, but they have that momentum going forward into these next three official weekends. And that, that is a big deal for a new coaching staff. Now tell us a lot who commits over the next month. Uh, we'll, so we'll see what happens there. And they got a lot more official visitors uh, coming the rest of the month. By the way, one of my favorite things I heard about was them playing paintball on the football practice fields right up outside of Memorial Stadium and just south of Smith Football Center. And the best antidote I got from that was Tank Wright, the former Army assistant coach, Army crawling uh, throughout the paintball course. So that, that was a good visual. And I bet that had to be a really good time. I asked Hank, so first, a little background quickly, like – They'd gotten a schedule earlier in the week about what it was going to be, facility tours, academic, this whole the whole nine yards, and it was special activity carved out on Saturday. We didn't say what it was. So then they get their little name tags, and I guess, which I did not know this, on the back of the name tags, there was a schedule of, of what's going on, and then it was paintball. So the recruits are all texting each other like, really about to play paintball right now? Like, this is pretty cool. And, and, and thankfully, uh, Hank Beatty was kind enough to share that Tank Wright is very competitive in the field of paintball, which is no surprise. The guy runs with a lot of energy. And what a good idea. And now I'm curious, what is it going to be next weekend? Are they going to do paintball again? It'll make a lot of sense. Like, how did I they- heard they had to jump through a lot of hoops to make that legal. <laughs> but they yeah. got it done. Recruiting staff, well done. Got it yeah, done. Good for you guys for getting it done. So what's next weekend? Now I'm like, okay, they're not going to do paint. Like that, that cat's out of the bag. What are they going to do? 
if there's bombardment, can we go? Can we throw it back to our gym class days? Because that sounds fun. I don't care who the heck it is, but good, good for them for getting a little creative with things. We've seen that creativity. I mean, we, we saw them go to Gibson City to eat lunch. We saw them go fishing in Johnson City. We've seen that, but it shows that it's not just the run of the mill, you know, this, this, and this. And I mean, you'll remember forever, man. And like, you got to work as a team. It's a good team building thing. It's, you know, just a bunch of laughs, man. Yeah, you're, you're, and Hank told me, it's like, you're kind of cooped up all day, right? Like you're in meeting here and, and lunch here. And he's like, it was just nice to like do something, like exercise. I don't say do something because you're just like bored. It's just nice to move around. And these kids are college athletes, man. They're going to be college athletes. They got energy. They like to move. So good for them, man. Bravo for them for, for putting on a good one. And, and, you know, unfortunately for Illinois, or fortunately, they set the bar high for themselves. Like other kids who have official officials coming up are oblivious to that first one. Like they got to keep this party going for three more weeks. All right. Uh, let's talk about basketball. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a quick break, talk a little bit about what they uh, have done the first couple of weeks with uh, visitors coming to campus as well. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Joe, we got to bring it up every podcast. Still no third assistant. I, I think Brett, Be- uh, I think uh, Brad Underwood's probably just messing with us at, at this point. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, we've heard some names be floated around. We've seen Twitter follows and all that. I have no idea who the coach is going to be. And I think anybody who says so right now is probably uh, not so sure. Like <laughs> probably. Um, so I, I just, we'll see what happens. It's, it's odd. It's odd that it's lasted this long, but I guess you see Michigan state just announced a new coach, right? Assistant coach and Dane five's been out, gone from Michigan state for a while. Um, so I guess it's not that ridiculous. And I don't know how big of an impact it's actually making in recruiting right now. Cause they're still getting recruits on campus. It's just odd. It's really odd. I thought it would be filled by now. And I don't think there's any benefit of holding on to this any longer than it is. So I don't know if it's some NBA guy they're waiting on. I, I, I don't know why an NBA guy would leave like Brian Randall. Why would he leave a gig with the Phoenix suns? Like, okay. He's got family here. He's got two families here. Like his, his wife's sides here and, and his side obviously lives in central Illinois, but man, an NBA gig, like you want to come back and recruit? Why would you want to do that if you're an NBA assistant? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't understand that. And you're right, man. The people who usually know, you know, both in the media and the people, you know, the sources, when it's quiet on those fronts, I'm like, I, good for Brad. Completely. <laughs> shutting the water off to this thing. That what, did he, not- what did he tell us late in the season? You guys don't know. Bleep. Yeah, good for him, man. He's done it here. He's done it here. I, I just don't he, like the water's completely shut off. Like there's like, I don't know. Fans are like, you know, we want information. So do we, like we want to know this. So it's over. First of all, I want to generally under the Josh Whitman uh, era and certainly with lovey Smith, uh, was pretty good about, you know, cutting off leaks from the inside. But usually it comes even from the outside, right? From agents or, you know, the coaching industry or, or reporters elsewhere, right? There's, there's nothing. There, there's really nothing coming out in this one. Dude, I refresh Twitter follows during the day sometimes. That's where this is at. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm on this beaten path. I feel like that Charlie Kelly gif where he's got everything and always sunny. That's how I feel. I don't know. Eventually, it's got in. I don't know how big of an impact. I think, I think the premium board has gotten to your head when it comes to that. Oh, dude, I, I'm all the way there. 
I'm, I'm all the way there. But look, you're right. Impact-wise, kids are still coming on campus. Could it be better? Sure it could. No yeah. one's saying like this is perfect and this is everything's great. You get three assistants for a reason, right? You, you ideally would like to have a, a full team, but this isn't where it's like Brad and Chester and Jeff Alexander are just having coffee on the porch all day, just waiting for something to happen. Like they are working this. We have seen kids come to campus. We have heard Illinois, you know, we see Illinois in and pushing our hardest for X, Y, and Z recruit. Like that's all happening. And I'll say, Jeremy, yesterday I think was a big day that, that programs announced their assistance, right? It was like three or four programs. Yeah, I didn't know any of them were open. Didn't know. That's what I do for a living. I had no idea. By and large, like I think people have this thought that other programs are looking at Illinois like, what a disaster that is. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I, people don't know, man. How many, how many, like, I, I'm even in this industry. You said it, it's our job. Like, how many Big Ten assistants can I name? Like, I. Phil Martelli, that's just because he gets a story on the athletic every two minutes. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, and they're good stories, by the way. Don't get me wrong. But you just, you don't know. I, I mean, you don't. It's it's, it's going to get done. They're not going to go into the season with two unless they hire Miles Smith. I don't know. But, like, this isn't just – I get the frustration. I get the frustration is so compounded by the situation, by the whole staff taking jobs elsewhere – like, I, I stand by if one of the three of the old staff would have left and it was June 8th or whatever it is right now, I don't even know the days anymore. I, I don't think people would, would be as, like, hair on fire freaking out. There would be frustration, but now it's like you have a whole new – it's just the whole situation has compounded so much of the angst. Well, my biggest angst for filling these assistant spots was the current roster. That was, that was my biggest angst. Mm -hmm. And that has not come to fruition, right? Like these guys are all here. Like they're, they're all Omar Payne's here. Like Alfonso Plummer is here. Andre Curbelo, Andre Curbelo is here. Um, so yeah, Adam Miller transferred before all of this went down. Um, but like Io and Kofi were probably sticking in the NBA like that. I don't think Orlando Antigua or Chin Coleman come back changes that. Right. I think th there's a lot of stress because, you are potentially replacing the best recruiter Illinois has had in all decades. In maybe all. the best in college basketball right now today, or one of the top three. Which is why he'll probably make seven figures. Like I know his base salary is eight fifty, but he'll he'll get incentives with that. Um, Orlando Antigua was one of the best recruiters Illinois has had, and his connections, all of that. And and I can't blame him for going back to Calipari. I think his Q rating, his head coach uh, future improves there. Whether that's right or not, it does at, at Kentucky. Um, so I don't blame him for that. I can't blame Chin Coleman for taking the gig. I can't, uh, blame Steven Gentry for going back to his alma mater to coach for potentially the best coach in college basketball right now. Um, so I don't blame any of those guys. It just happened all at the same time for Illinois, which is really unfortunate, but Chester Frazier is a really good hire. Jeff Alexander might have to prove himself, but to be honest with you so far in recruiting, he seems to get after it. He seems to have the respect of his former peers in Orlando Antigua um, seems to have, you know, respect uh, with some coaching circles. So we'll see there. And I still think Illinois is going to hire a very qualified candidate. Is he going to be, uh, is he going to be Orlando Antigua? Maybe not, maybe not, but that doesn't mean Illinois uh, can't succeed in recruiting. And they certainly are drawing a lot of talent to campus this month so far. Jeremy Fears Jr., one of the top prospects in 2023, a kid um, you know, from south side of Chicago, uh, visited on June 1st. Ty Pence, St. Joe Ogden, visited on June 2nd. And I was wondering, is this an offer visit? And it was. And Illinois is the first uh, Power 5 school to, to offer Ty Pence. And boy, they seem to be in a good position for him. Then his buddy, Owen Freeman from Bradley Bourbonnet, visits. And he's since... Uh, the big man in 2023 has gotten offers from from Butler, Iowa, uh, some really, yeah, Wake Forest, some really good high major programs. So uh, Illinois got in very early uh, in that recruitment. Jaden Shutt visited on. We were recording this on June 8th. Jaden Shutt, uh, you know, visited on June 7th before a big official visit to Michigan State. So if Illinois can get in there and make Jaden think, man, maybe I don't want to commit to Michigan State right away. Maybe I'll continue my options. I think that's what Illinois is hoping is that he just prolongs his recruitment a little bit more. And then you got guys like Jalen Hooks, Jade Neps coming in for, for visits. So uh, Illinois is doing campus. Yeah. AJ Ford decommitted and came to campus. 
Yeah. Chester Frazier seems to be doing a pretty, Chester Frazier seems to be doing a pretty good job so far of having so many connections and drawing people in and, and really having a, it doesn't surprise me covering him, but like having the personality that, that really uh, go, you know, moves the needle uh, with these kids. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, Joey. Like my hypothesis of all of this is Illinois hasn't been landing five-star recruits, right? Now IO turned into a five-star player. Uh, Kofi Coburn turned into a five-star player. You can already say Andre Curbelo has turned into a five-star player. They're not going to win many battles against Kentucky. They're not going to win many battles against Kansas of, of the world, right? But I think Brad, you know, has talked a lot about loyalty lately. I think, you know, Brad was always a guy that I thought would recruit like John Beeline uh, or a Matt Painter. I think it's going to go more towards that. I really do. And that doesn't mean they're going to not go after Andre Corbello or you know, Jaden Epps is a very highly ranked player. I just think Brad is going to go more towards and not that Kofi or, or Iowa were, I, I don't think that the drama filled recruitments, he's going to spend much time on. I think he's going to go with guys he's comfortable with. And I think after winning and establishing this program, I think he's probably more confident in doing that. Yeah. And I think the floor of players is higher, like uh, guys he's com- comfortable with and, like the floor of their interest back to Illinois is higher now than it was when he walked into this thing five years ago, I guess, at this point. So, yeah, I, we've seen time over. You can go down the list of Kentucky beat them out, Kansas, Duke. I mean, you can go down the list of it, and, yeah, you want to shoot your shot. Of course you want to shoot your shot. Now, how much are you going to put your effort into I don't know, but they believe, and it's similar a little bit to what Brett's doing on the football side, they believe in their development. They believe in how they helped Io Desumu. Now Io also, and, and we should we should with Brad Underwood, right? Like what those guys, what that staff did, and Chin Coleman, and and Stephen Gentry, and, and Jeff Alexander, obviously, and Orlando Antigua. Like we should believe in that because boy, like the, they got the most uh, already out of Andre Kubel, the most out of Kofi Coburn, the most out of Io Desumu. And they helped Trent Frazier round now scoring offensively. They helped him round out his game on the defensive side, and, and like they they've helped this development of players. So it, it, recruiting might look different. Sure, it might. It, it's going to look different with any s- staff change, right? It, it, different connections, different beliefs, different understanding of how to get the most here or there. But different doesn't always mean pack it up, see at the bottom of the Big Ten. Boy, as a fan, you sure love to see a Friday in the Big Ten tournament. It doesn't always mean that. It, it just means it might have a different feel to it and look it might not right they still might be in the mix but Illinois wasn't like to your point even with the best recruiter or in Illinois history recent history at least and certainly right now one of the top three to five in college basketball in Orlando yeah I think obviously the the old timers uh, not to call you old timers but like Jimmy Collins yeah don't yell at me for Jimmy Collins it was a slip of the tongue I understand Jimmy was really really good but they weren't like this wasn't a you know they just got the numbers six 22 and 40 player and one recruiting like that wasn't happening i'm not knocking the recruiting class let's just be real about what it was but the development was everything it's everything it is in college basketball and you can make an argument that two and three and dones help your program more than a one and done and again if you can get ben simmons right if, if you suggs, right cunningham jalen suggs chet holmgren uh, yeah, you're doing that and you're you're walking and strutting down Neal Street to celebrate that because you should. But that's not the only way to do this. And, and you've seen programs have success in understanding that's not the only way to do this. So we'll see. Well, and the only team in the Big Ten that's really doing that right now is is Michigan, right? Like, and, and, and they haven't done it yet. Like, they, that, that's not what they've won with so far. Like, I, you know, Isaiah Todd and all these guys, like, it, that, that didn't happen. Like, they had multiple your guys. I mean, Isaiah Livers, like Hunter Dickinson is, is in the draft, but I don't think he's going to stick there. Like, I don't think he's a one and done. Um, he's a guy who's going to be there multiple years. Isaiah Livers, Franz Wagner had two fifth year transfers who were amazing for them last year, but he's now recruiting off that and getting these five-star players. So it'll be interesting to see how Juwan does, but what's the standard of, of the big 10 right now? It's, it's Michigan state, right? It's, Obviously, Michigan under what Beeline was doing, and there were a couple guys there who were early entry draft picks, but most of those guys were still multi-year guys. Uh, Purdue, Matt Painter, year after year, what he's done uh, has been incredibly, incredibly impressive. And and Maryland's probably been as good as anybody 
at, at getting some of these top 40 prospects and, and they've been good for a long time, but now they kind of dipped a little bit. Um, and I think they're doing great in the transfer portal right now. So I think they'll be back, but um, you know, that's kind of been the model in the big 10 is Brad wants to stay old. It feels like he's recruiting a little bit to, to, to stay old and to be old eventually. Hey, look, you can circle back and make the argument. Well, none of this really pays off in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you, sure. You can make that argument. That's fine. And yeah, I, I think you're right. Jawan is about the only one who's really playing the one and done game. And I'm sure every coach in the big 10 would happily drive him to Boston right now. They would happily drive him to Portland or wherever in the world because he's really good at this, but it's just different ways to do it, man. And not every new way is the worst way. And it might look different and there might be speed bumps. And that's just like, if you're following a team and there's no speed bumps, I don't, honestly, I don't even know what team, what team are you following that there's no speed bumps the, the interesting thing is, like, they seem like they're going to be pretty loaded on the wing. Like, it seems like they're in a good spot on the yeah. wing. And then it's finding who's the guy to develop behind Andre Corbello, right? Who, who's going to be the guy after Andre Corbello? And who's going to be the post-rotation? Um, so those are the, the two needs. Like, I'm not too worried about what they have in the wing. And, and Reggie Bass seems to be a, a pretty good prospect for them. If they could get AJ Store back on board, listen, the kid decommits. I just think, man, it's gonna be hard to get him back on board, especially with the offers, but they seem to put uh, together a good case there. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, they're, they've, they're developing a deeper roster. That's for sure. Like, you know, you think of the first couple classes, I know some people hold this against them as misses, but dude, you're just taking scholarships when you're taking Greg Boyd Bodine and Matisse Vasile, like Anthony Higgs. Like they knew those were flyers, but you have to have a roster. So they were recruiting those guys being like, maybe they turn into something. You're not, I don't, at this point, I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of those. I don't you know, like, I think, don't think you're going to see a lot of those. And we didn't even mention development, like a guy like Alan Griffin or Andres Feliz. Those are really good evaluations, one, but two, those are really good developments. Like Alan Griffin left, but it was, it was a heck of a heck of a lot better player than his recruiting ranking. Andres Felice is a really good player compared to his recruiting ranking. So th- those are guys I want to mention for that too. You can argue Georgie. Now I know the development was different, but there's a world where Kofi doesn't come here. Georgie doesn't stop playing the five. And maybe it's a little different. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but not those- as huh? You're not as good, obviously. No, sure, but but George, you know, maybe the stats don't have such a wild roller coaster, right? But they evaluated him. He was really good when they needed him to be really good. And you know, there's still flaws. There's positions they missed on longstanding. They've not really found a four. Maybe they have. Maybe they have that in Coleman. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. If you're saying you know, I you know, you just don't. But, I like the skill set. I like the length. I like oh, the athleticism. Like everything in theory. Yeah. I, yeah, I think right, but it's, you- it's like the ultimate X factor, Austin Hutcherson, man. I keep seeing videos, and I'm like, that looks good. The the highly edited clip there, like there's there's pieces there, but until we see it on the court, I just I don't know what to expect. I, I, can I put Coleman Hawkins down for eight five in a, in a block a game or two blocks a game? I think I could eventually, but I feel like I just have to see it more. Like Austin Hutcherson, can that be a guy who maybe surprisingly averages double digit points? Maybe. Or it could be a guy that, you know, isn't ready for this or is hurt or, or whatever. I just, I don't know what to put on some of those guys. And Omar Payne might be the same thing, though. I think we know a little bit more about Omar, given uh, how much he played at Florida. But there's a lot of X factors on that team, which makes it so hard to predict uh, what they'll do. And those X factors are hard to read if you've not seen them. Again, I'm with you. I think Coleman could be really, really good at basketball in Illinois. He is really good at basketball. I think he'd be really good for Illinois but we just got to see it. And maybe we see it this year. Maybe it's like that first thing, like, Oh my, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, this is all coming. So we'll see. I mean, it's, but development to me, I mean, unless you're a blue blood, which hello Gonzaga suddenly is not a blue blood, but like they're at that same dinner. Right. I mean, they're, they're a better program right now than blue bloods. Yeah. So unless you're getting those, I mean, you've got to do Development's got to be the key for everything. Now you don't want the long-term, you know, Higgs or, you know, some of the guys that you mentioned at the end of the bench, you don't want a full bench full of kids that like need a lot of development. You know, you want guys who are ready to help you and contribute sooner than later, but it all takes time, man. It's, 
We'll see. I, when I say it all takes time, I didn't think we'd be sitting here on June 8th trying to figure out who in the world the third assistant's going to be. Um, but I guess that takes time too. I, I just keep waiting for a random news news drop. I, you know, you make well, maybe we'll get this podcast to be completely out of date within an hour because that's usually how things work. Yeah, that's how it works. Is Easterling on a plane? Someone call Easterling. <laughs> that's usually usually when it goes down. All right, it's been a busy month of recruiting. That's why we went an hour on this with, with both football and basketball. And uh, it'll only get more intense here. As, as we said, Jalen Hooks, Jaden Epps for basketball. Illinois football, you can check out the visitor list uh, on, on our page of what they have coming up. And, you know, a lot of out-of-state guys, Austin Brown, Jacob Bostick, some in-state guys who are going to be visiting uh, at some point for Illinois. So, um, and then guys making decisions too. And, and I think a lot of these will be late June, early July, uh, start making their visit uh, after making all these visits. And I, I hope a lot of these kids take these visits because man, they've been waiting a year to to take these. And it's, it's just great that they can get back on the road and, and do all this joy. Dude, at minimum, it's a family vacation for a weekend, <laughs> right? Uh, just at bare minimum, you and your, your parents or your brother and sister or whatever, you're going to hang out for a weekend somewhere and you're going to get well-fed and you're going to get your back padded and it's all going to be fun. So yeah, man, take them, take them. They're, it's meant to be taken. All right, Joey. Appreciate the time, man. Great stuff as always with Joey Wagner. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Wagner25. As we talked about on this podcast, we got a lot more coming up in the aftermath of another huge week uh, for Illinois basketball and Illinois football recruiting. And uh, Derek Piper of the latest on basketball, including their big visitor earlier this week. And uh, I know I just talked with the Joliet Catholic head coach, Jake Jaworski, about Malachi Hood and what he brings to the program and his recruitment. And Illinois getting uh, his two two best players and best prospects on his current roster. Uh, so that'll be coming up. Joey Wagner chatted with a lot of parents of committed and uncommitted prospects about what they saw, what they look for on these official visits as well. Uh, so we got a lot more content coming for you at Alana Inquirer. We'll have more for you on the podcast later this week as well. As always, we always appreciate you following the podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts and uh, give us a rating review. That helps us out as well. And as always, you can support us best by subscribing to Alana Inquirer or visiting Alana Inquirer and checking out all our content there. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast.